What is going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we on a Wednesday? Today is July 6th. What's happening out there? How we doing? Thanks for tuning in to the show, to the, uh, what's this show called? What's, I forgot, what's this podcast called? Sports Betting Daily, whatever it is. What's going on out there? How we doing? How we feeling? I'm obviously having a much better day than yesterday. It was a rough one dealing with DraftKings bullshit, but you move on. You don't let those goddamn bookies get you down. And uh, just to, to clarify what happened yesterday, it was a payout process. And I'm still, at, honestly, kind of going through it. It's just at this point, like, all right, I'm going to be having a headache with DraftKings. I accept that. Uh, for about a year and a half, DraftKings, every time I would pull money out, which was pretty frequently, uh, they would have the money in my account within an hour, every single time. And I got used to this, right? You, you take money out, it's there within an hour, and it's it's part of the process. Well, uh, yesterday, I tried to take it out, ended up not being there. I called customer support, and uh, pretty much they just kept telling me with a smile on their face, just, oh, we, we understand your problem, sir. It may be two to eight business days. Thanks for playing with us. And I'm like, well, why is that? Can you just give me a reason why? Like, that's fine. Okay. Two-day business days, no big deal. I accept that. But why is it different than it has been? And they couldn't give me an answer. But I'll give you the answer. It's because I'm actually winning and taking a lot of their money. And they don't like giving their money away. It's okay when some people lose 5000 in one month and make 250 the next month. Or even make 2500 the next month, right? It makes sense for the books. They're making money. So they're going to pay you. They're going to make it an, a pleasant experience. They want you to come back and keep playing there. Because why? You're going to lose money to them. Once they identify you as a winning better and they go, oh, shit. This guy actually kind of knows what he's doing. We may lose to him long term. This is exactly what happens. If they profile you as a winning better, you're going to deal with this kind of stuff. And uh, there was a, a pretty good tweet that uh, someone I follow uh, tweeted recently that said, if you lose at DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, and you want to start winning, partner with a pro because pros win. Uh and we'll have a lot of leeway. Well, I say we as in, you know, if, if you partner with me, we'll have a lot of leeway because you've already made a lot of bad bets in your sports book. So, you know, they already don't register you as a winning sports better. You have a couple sharp games, a couple winning games, they're not going to all of a sudden ban you. So either way, I digress. I've got it kind of worked out for the most part, but I'm just accepting. DraftKings is going to treat you like shit once you start winning. Really not unlike any other sports book. Uh, it kind of reminds me of this... Uh, a lot of people actually have read this book. It's called Then One Day, and it's by Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews currently, I believe, runs the South Point book in Las Vegas, but a uh, real good bookmaker. I've got a lot of respect for him. He knows what he's doing. One of the few, in my opinion, that really, really understands the industry and knows what they're doing behind the counter these days. But uh, there's a, a little a quote in his book, and actually I'm going to paraphrase because I don't have it in front of me, but he says something along the lines of, Seriously, I don't know how they train these bookmakers to be such assholes, right? <laughs> and uh, that's coming from a bookmaker. And it's true. It's like they it's like part of the training process that you have to be such a goddamn prick to be hired and then you treat other people that way. And the the thing that pissed me off the most about yesterday was that I was asking very very specific questions and they were giving me very generic answers back that had nothing to do with the questions I asked. You know, it's, I said, hey, you know, can you, t can you let me know why this is happening? And they said, yeah, thanks for asking, sir. Uh, it may take two-day business days, you know? It's like, 
I don't know what it's like. I'm not going to come up with an analogy. It's bad, though. Either way, on to today's podcast. On today's show, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield going to the uh, Carolina Panthers. I still need to run some numbers, see exactly what I think about this, how it changes handicaps, how it changes the outlook of this season. Because once you get a domino like this, it doesn't just make the Panthers better. Now you have to look at every team in the NFC South, how it impacts their over-unders, each game of the season. It's really a big deal when a move like this is made. So I need probably another half day or so to to really mathematically digest what's happening. But it's a good opportunity to bring up the idea of... Of narrative versus reality, because they're often very, very different and very uh, polar opposite in some cases. Now, what I'm about to say on today's show, there may be a lot of you out there who inherently uh, would disagree with me because I haven't played the game, right? I haven't played football. I haven't played baseball. And people who play the game, they know what they're talking about. But that's one thing you have to shed if you're going to win money in sports betting. As a matter of fact, I know very, very few people who win money betting sports who either played the game or cover the game or have inside at like like, uh, like sports writers. These are typically people who don't do very well at sports betting. And you know who does? Math nerds who can't even pronounce the names, right? One of the most notorious uh, baseball bettors of all time didn't even know Albert Pujols was called Albert Pujols. He was quoted as calling him Albert Pudgels one day. But you know what doesn't matter? what you call the players. No, it does matter. What ends up happening to your bank account? Okay, so I'm not saying you have to be a nerd to win at this. I'm saying there's a misconception that the more you know the game, the better you do betting sports. I've said this before. A sports better's job, my job isn't to sit and pick who's going to win the game by how many points. Well, it actually kind of is. But but my point is, what my job is to do is to find value in the market. So my job is to come up with the outcome of every game and simply find where the market is wrong, right? That's the only job. The job is not just to say, oh, the, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to win tonight because they're a better team. They're playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sucks. Of course, St. Louis is going to win. That's not my job. My job is to say, Pittsburgh's going to win this this amount of the time. St. Louis is going to win this amount of the time. And this is what the market's charging. Is it different? If so, we, we may make a bet. Okay. So that's something you have to get over. If you've played the game, if you're like, if you've been there, if you've been in the huddle, it's like, we need to stop listening to those people and those people alone for betting information. Okay. Now today's podcast is a great example of, can we learn something from ex-players? Absolutely. I think you should listen to ex-players in a lot of situations. They give us the insight as to what happens for things that we can't price, for things that we don't understand that happens. That's what's great to listen to players for. But today, on ESPN's main page, Rob Ninkovich, who used to play for the uh, New England Patriots, uh, defensive lineman, was quoted on ESPN as saying, even though Baker Mayfield went to Carolina, it's still Sam Darnold's team. Sam Darnold's the quarterback. Baker's going to have to earn that job, and he's going to have to go in there and, right? Is he wrong? Am I saying Rob Ninkovich is wrong in this? No, he's probably right. He probably doesn't have to go in there and earn the job. But my point is, if you're a handicapper and you listen to Rob Ninkovich, you're going to approach things very differently than you're a handicapper and you listen to uh, your own numbers or other smart people in the market's numbers. So what I have as a soft rating for Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, it's really not even close. Uh, Baker Mayfield, to me, is a much, much better quarterback. I've got him anywhere from two and a half to three points better, which is a very, very big difference. And I'm not the only one. 
Uh, several different uh, online really trusted my opinion. Websites have Baker Mayfield ranked above, ranked above Sam Darnold. Uh, Pro Football Focus themselves last year with Baker Mayfield's horrible year, you know, playing through injury. He ranked 30th in the NFL for qualified quarterbacks total. And if you isolate the last two games and take those out, well, isolate the, uh, take out the last two games and isolate everything else, Baker Mayfield actually rises to 24th in the NFL last year. Now, that's not great. Okay. You don't want a quarterback 24th or 30th and think you're going to compete for, for a Super Bowl. But in those same stats last year of qualified quarterbacks, Sam Darnold finished second to last behind Ben Roethlisberger. So th this shouldn't be a huge debate. It should be very clear. If you're a Carolina fan, you want Baker Mayfield to start. He's a better quarterback. The team's going to be much, much better with him, even injured like last year. But he's not that he's not he, he's healthier. I think he's going to be much better out for revenge. This is the Baker Mayfield you want. So I think it's a giant upgrade if he gets a starting job, which he will. My point of today's show, though, is don't I'm not saying don't respect ex-players. I mean, obviously, we want to listen to them, give them a lot of uh, uh credit for what they say, especially for things like in the locker room, on the field. That's that's great information for us. But for something like this, where he goes, ah, Darnold's the starting quarterback. He's got to earn it. It's just like, you know, there's hyper, that's hy there's hyperbole these days, a lot. And on ES, especially on ESPN, old player, former player or not, saying things like that, you know, he may be right in terms of the actual... Like maybe he does technically have to earn the job and technically that's what they're going to say in Carolina, but it's clear to me it's an upgrade because we're projecting Sam Darnold to be the backup, Baker Mayfield to be the starter. So takeaway from today's show, just because they're an ex-player doesn't mean everything they say about everything in the sport should be bowed down upon and we should bet on that information. If we bet on all of that information, you will lose money very quickly. It's much better to have your own idea. See, that's the thing is a lot of you say, okay, well, who do I go to? Who do I listen to? Who do I follow? Honestly, winning in sports comes down to having your own ideas and your own opinions about these things. If, you, if it were as easy as going to one specific website and finding winning information there, that outlet would quickly dissipate. Okay, let me let me give you an example. My buddy signed up for CBS Sportsline. I'm not look at. I'm not trying to trash CBS Sportsline. I think there's a, a lot of problems with a lot of different people selling picks. This is just an example I'm using. But my buddy signed up with them to buy hockey picks at the end of hockey season. And my point to him was, uh, even though they may not be charging much, even though it may be affordable, and you may be getting some what you think is good information, if CBS Sportsline had the ability to consistently pick winners. And the market understood this because remember, the market has no ego. The market has no agenda. The market is all knowing and all smart because it's driven by the collective wisdom of everyone betting into it. So if the market, you know, and, and people running books behind the behind the sports book who dictate the market, if they understood that CBS Sportsline, for some reason, they're killing our over-unders. I mean, we come up with over-unders and we're doing okay, but CBS Sportsline's hitting them 65%. You know what they would do? They would start copying CBS Sportsline's numbers. <laughs> if they thought it was legitimately beating them, it wouldn't last more than two or three weeks. They would notice this. They would be very, very... They, these sports books and people who run these books have their antennas and everything. They would realize very quickly what's going on, and they would sew up that edge, that perceived edge that we have, okay? So that's what I mean by if there really is winning information out there or there's someone on Twitter or there's some website giving winning, win, winning picks out that consistently beat the market, 
the market would quickly, quickly catch up. And it's like, okay, we're going to now adjust to those numbers. That's how easy this all is to understand what's bullshit and what's not. So takeaway for today's show, just because they played, don't bow down to everything they say. It's much better to have your own approach. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Betting Daily.